go straight into it. Was that a noise or? <laughs> no, that wasn't. Just keep going. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll keep going. <laughs> I thought I heard a noise. Um, okay, uh, yeah, Leinster versus Ulster, RDS. Uh, Neil was talking. Uh, great game, first of all. <laughs> yeah, great game, great game. That was, that was a tight match for most of us. Mm. Um, and we were saying beforehand and after how it was in such an important game, and it was. And it was great that Leinster got got the five points and prevented Ulster from getting anything. Um, and I think currently we're still on for just a top team from each uh, pool to go through and play the final. But now it looks like the Rainbow Cup thing might not be happening. Mm. So we might just have the normal playoffs, normal play, like normal finish of the season. Mm. Um, I tell you what, like just apart from aside from the game, fair play to them for kind of acting on the fly and chopping and changing things like every week. I think it shows a good commitment to uh, to the organisation to try and get something together at least, rather than just calling a halt to the whole thing. I think that's uh, pretty admirable. Mm. I like to see yeah. it. I think uh, we all need a little bit of fucking distraction in, yeah. in uh, these days. So I appreciate the Pro 14 and what they are doing. Mm. What does the final look like it's going to be in that case then? Um, probably us versus Monster. Ooh, mm. tasty. It's um, not like we're going to be seeing that the next day. We're going to see it four times for the season's out. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, could be cool. We played them four times. Uh, the year was this um, 2011 or so we played them home way obviously mm. I couldn't have played them in Europe anyway we played them multiple times mm. I think it was five times in a calendar year or something like that mm. just but, um, how hyped are you now so we're talking about Ulster yeah well, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to Munster there's plenty of time yeah, yeah. for Munster um, but Ulster yeah. Uh, it's a great yeah. result for us. Um, I thought we looked a bit. Um, we were very unclinical the first half, and Ulster were a bit as well. Actually, well, what, what, during my during the game itself, I was thinking Ulster were taking their points, taking their chances, because there was a couple of knock-ons they um, did in promising areas. Like I think what you could say is uh, Ulster kicked better in the first half as opposed to kicked points better as opposed to take the chance better. Um, and from 40 minutes to around 65 minutes, 67 minutes or so, we completely dominated that game. They came back and scored three points when we had scored two tries. And then straight after that, we score our try in the game. Uh, so it was very impressive in that point of view. Uh, I thought that our back three were excellent. It was mm-hmm. good to see Lamar back, and he looked like he didn't miss any time at all. Um, one or two kicks, like you'd quibble them fielding, but they were very good most of the time. Um, I thought the lines that um, Keenan ran were excellent. Like it was pure excellent. Like as soon as he was there, he had the ball, and he was stepping, and was making, making ground. It was, it was really crisp. He looked quite confident in his runs, all right. Yeah. Which I think we need. We need someone like that in the back lines. I think because if James Lowe's not there, 
And I feel like Larmore forces it a bit too much or something. I think he looks better at wing now. It's only one game since he's back. Mm. But I think he's much more suited to wing where he doesn't have to... Constantly run it back. <laughs> he doesn't seem to trust his kick sometimes. But uh, Hugo Keenan seems to back himself. And he looks like entirely at ease running it back. And he gets success with it. So I think that's a valuable addition to the back line from, from that perspective. Plus he's great at fielding kicks in terms of like catching it and not fucking up. So... Yeah, I agree with what you said there. I think Keenan nailed, even from our perspective, I think he's been good enough to nail down that 15 shirt. In my view, certainly, I like the Stockdale thing might continue, it shouldn't. But Keenan, yeah, he looks so composed. I don't know, you know it's not a straight positional comparison, but he reminds me of like Conrad Smith. He just kind of guides over yeah. the surface. It doesn't look like he's moving very fast at all, mm. but he's really quick. And he never makes the wrong decision, even if it's a recycle or taking contact. Nine times out of ten, it seems to be the right thing at the right time, and uh, some of our other flashier backs might be, um, you know, make make more line breaks, but they're definitely liable to make more mistakes. Uh, it's nice to have someone in the, in a different mold. He uh, hasn't got a, a high bar to live up to them being compared to Conrad Smith. <laughs> no, if he's even half off. Uh, it reminds um, me a bit of um, like those, those those a few of those players like Corey Jane or something, like someone who's is always right place, right time. Well, it's it a lot be, easier to be right place, right time in yeah. a black shirt than it is in a green one, I think. Because yeah, there's a lot but, more but right place, he's, right time. He's like, he's like Conrad Smith, where he's like, like he's not, like he wasn't, I didn't see him like burning people on the outside or something. He's mm-hmm. just, he's exactly where he needs to be. And... Yeah, right, the right line at the right yeah. time or whatever. Yeah. I, I think, um, though, uh, what about for the sake of like uh, national diversity, Stockdale's inclusion at fullback? You, <laughs> you, you got to look, look, there is a diversity agenda in the Irish Rugby Union. Okay. And just the Ulster people, the Ulster people, like they're pretty passionate about Stockdale's inclusion. I always I see it cropping up on Reddit. Just he, not, they're just not a fifteen. Yeah, like on, on the bench, you're saying, or on the wing? I don't know. Like himself, I think we lost recording. No, like kind of. No, no, no. It's it's a recording. I just say you haven't heard anything. Yeah, it says I haven't heard anything, but it's still well, recording. From you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's let out. <laughs> no, we don't get it. Get it out now. Um, but just, I'm looking at the back line here really quickly, and uh, the one that stands out was Ross Byrne was at 13. Yeah, um, he didn't stand at 13. He stood no, at oh, 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah, true. Um, and he, he did better than than a lot of people on that team. Yep. Like, um, like they didn't really exploit him, but he got that intercept for uh, the end of the game. Right end, he had yeah. some good runs in the first half, and he was fine. I thought he, I thought he maybe you should take him the kicks after a first couple of uh, misses from Sexton. But yeah, you know, did Leo explain afterwards like what the idea was, or was it ever mentioned? I'm thinking as in, we're looking forward to the next game, we want to play with maybe six forwards on the bench, and we want then a ten. You can cover midfield or fullback, um. So that could be. Frawley would be the great example of that. Or it could be uh, Byrne if he can play 12. Because say if in a first-choice pack line, say Ringrose gets injured, you can put Byrne in and shift Henshaw out. Henshaw's injured, you straight swap. Mm. A back three players injured, you can maybe move um, uh, Ringrose to wing or else Henshaw to fullback. Yeah. 
Um, so he's just sort of testing chopping and changes or diversity and it could, it could also be the fact that well we're missing players yeah yeah so but, but what's crazy to me is like it was some ballsy decision because it was an important match and it, it seemed to make no sense like i can imagine a lot of people would have been asking the question had it had they not have won which yeah. in the first half it didn't look too likely that they're gonna win but leo stuck to his guns did it anyway and i guess like saying it paid off is probably too big of a praise because i mean it, it didn't yeah. it didn't like crash and burn basically so yeah. i guess that was a success because i don't know i kind of expected it to be <laughs> i i just saw mccluskey like i don't know exposing him at every opportunity but now he he stood up and did his job and it worked out all right so yeah props to leo cullen for taking a chance in a pretty big game it's, it's nice to see yeah um, he uh, the criticism I have, we always have, or me and you guys have Rosper at 10 a lot of the time is that he just ships the ball on and there's no yeah. fixing a defender at all. But him getting the ball in the wider channels, he was forced to. And I think a couple of times when he actually like put the head down and charged the defense were so <laughs> just so expectant that he was going to shovel the pass yeah. on that they stepped yeah. out and he made a few nice half breaks. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe he'll learn from that for. And that could be a reason for it as well. Like you yeah. want to expose yeah. them. It it's like they used his weakness as a strength, which is actually incredibly intelligent. Big I think we, of... we joked about that last time we were on, James. I don't know if you were there. We were saying about they're putting him at thirteen because he ships it on so much that it will be incredibly useful at thirteen because it will get to the back line then. But yeah, yeah it makes sense then. The... Yeah, um, he, yeah, ha- no, he has the extra option. Well. Sorry, go on. No, no, that, 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 that was my, that was my point. It's interesting to you. I said that um, yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if he if he if he's picked something up, um, for for going back to ten, that can only be a good thing. I thought Gibson um, Park showed why he's such a good rugby player, but not necessarily a great nine. Like he had some mm-hmm. amazing runs, and if he if he does have a, a position called rugby back, he'd be great. <laughs> Generic back, yeah, baller. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just yeah. like some some of the, the passing isn't great, some of the box kick isn't great, mm. but like just making a little little break or following someone up, he's very good at trailing someone. Um, mm. he's great at that, and he had some quick feet the weekend. It's probably that's he, probably the Kiwi blood in him that he just he gets the rugby, but <laughs> perhaps the position is not like he's decent, but you know he's not world class sort of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I said he's that. noted for not being world class. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in this team? Because you're all we could get, kid. His pass for Carney's try was was nice. Yeah, he's making a bit of a habit out of that particular pass where we're yeah, right, long you know, to, yeah, we'll end up or, as a yeah. intercept someday. But... Yeah, I know. Yeah, the one where yeah we're like I don't know three quarters of the way across one side of the pitch, and he fires it back to the near touchline. Um. Yeah, I, like, I thought it was the wrong call. I couldn't believe he was about to make that pass, but it worked. And the finish from Dave Kearney, Jesus. That was, mm. that was pretty special. I feel like Dave yeah. Kearney's had a bit of a, uh, what's that renaissance. thing? Renaissance, yeah, or a Indian winter. Summer. Yes, Indian yes. Indian Thank you. I need you here for these phrases because I butchered them. But uh, he's really coming into his own these last two seasons, um, I think. Yeah, if he's a couple of years younger, he'd probably be in the Irish team, but mm. he's not tearing he, it up. If he hadn't, I feel like. He he met, he set out a stall in the Joe Schmidt era as like reliable, which was what we needed at the time. And now I feel like he's almost starting to kick on beyond that. But because he was such a reliable player, I think like a lot of the country 
can't get it into their head that perhaps he's a little bit more than that. And on that basis, then he's kind of like fallen out of favour. Not necessarily. I think that's, it's a bugbear of mine. When we say reliable winger, we think a guy who can make his tackles, he can chase kicks, etc., etc. But I don't think that's Dave Carney. Like, Dave Carney's not a great tackler or a great defensive player, or at least he wasn't. But he's very good at getting tries and consistently mm. getting them in the in league. Does he reliably get the tries? Yeah. Then he's a reliable player. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I mean. But when you say someone like that winger, you say, well, he can't really attack that well. Like he's a Mark Cueto to throw back a few years mm. or a, um, like, opposite of Fionkar, basically. Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah. that's not actually true. I think people use that as shorthand for what play, player but, is, but it's not actually what they are. I know what you mean. The um, inverse Fionkar. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got that. Like it was, it was definitely a performance that was needed after the previous week. I know a lot of players have changed, but mm. um, great kick up the arse type performance. <laughs> um, and I, I, the thing there with Ryan and Doris a bit, where because I expect so much from them, anytime they're not excelling, I, I marked them down in my head. But I, I saw, I was thinking, okay, Ryan and Doris were a bit quiet in the first half. Um, and then went on to keep going into the second half, make some big plays there. Um, but Dar- Darius in particular, I thought it was quiet for the first 20 minutes and had a few big plays. But from very off, they both made two double tackles in a row. Mm. Like the first like two tackles were both of them. They get up and they're, they're, they're up making that same double tackle again. They were on Coetzee and Kluski probably. Kluski, I think, as well. So it was, yeah. it was like, it was real trend set sort of laying down the law. Here's what we're gonna throw at you. You're gonna have to deal with this all day. So, yeah, it's just um, a bias on my part that I have to overlook because it's they actually did play really well. Well, when someone this is a problem with James Ryan's game, he was too good. <laughs> so that when the level drops at all, yeah. he seems quite bad by comparison. So he's a victim of his own success. And you might not even have a different level now. He could be performing the same type he did last uh, match as he did two years ago. Hmm. But because he's not having those massive performances at international level and winning games, you automatically assume that they're worse, even though they might be the same. Yeah. He puts in like a 9 out of 10 performance or 8 out of 10. It's like, there's a lot to be said, I think, for a gradual career progression. <laughs> I, can, I can really see... This is like child actor syndrome, where <laughs> they have such a raging amount of success early on in the career that just makes them like cripples them basically they expect i'm not saying that's going to happen to james ryan i mean he's not like Lindsay lohan or whatever but, <laughs> but it could be a similar rugby parallel where a player yeah, right, like confirmed <laughs> uh, toner is like the exact opposite he was the most gradually built career of yeah. all time and then you have james ryan who just turns up one day and like wins man of the match award every single week and you're just like mm-hmm. wow and then when he doesn't win man of the match award you're like what the fuck is wrong, bro? <laughs> I can't. I, I, I can't have that thought myself about 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 Ryan. But even on his quiet games, he, al- he always makes ground. Even if it's yeah. the, like he's so rare, he's knocked on his arse, and it's just if you're if his game's being reduced to just taking up, you know, ball straight off off rooks and making tiny bits of ground, he does that reliably. And yeah, we're not getting the. The breaks that we might have got two years ago, but he's still such a consistent. I, th- performer. I think a problem, not a problem, but a requirement for Leinster and Irish rugby is we need this tight head lock, especially now that Toner's no longer playing tight head lock for Ireland. And we need an enforcer. The pack's mm-hmm. a bit soft. 
and that might not be his natural game on either account but it's kind of been made to mold into that like especially against the Toje in his last few matches he's definitely been like a more of an enforcer type of player even if it's not playing as well as he could have yeah he did have more of a sort of a uh begrudgery presence to him i felt like you could see it in his face which you know it's rare you see sort of that thing any sort of emotion beyond sexton in the team so yeah it was nice to see it uh and it does come out in his play and i mean sometimes it gets punished sometimes it doesn't but i feel like you need someone doing that constantly and yeah you take the punishments but you also you need that sort of edge to be like party. the top team i think yeah like Friday's like one of Leinster's most penalised players, but he's um, mm. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't drop him for us. Mm. Release this. This is the thing. Like you, you pl- play the fifty fifties, and for every time it doesn't work out, then the times that it do work out, you gain from it. So it's sort of like a trade off. But I'd rather have. I mean, yeah, Ryan is world class, and he's but he's not a Toja, you know what I mean? But yeah. he's close as we have to that. So you know, long may it continue, sort of thing. He can only. Well, that's not true. I was going to say he can only get better. But, you know, I suspect he can't. He will get better, sort of thing. So, yeah, I want. I want to see him molded more into that role, as you said. Yeah. Um, on the Ulster side, I thought Jordy Murphy's been playing real well the last couple of weeks after quite enough start to the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he's really been putting his hand up. Do you think I he thought... could fit into the Leicester back row? Maybe, but I don't need him. Like, like you can say, okay, maybe he's as good as Van der Fleer. But like, is he is he always going to be that over the course of the season? No, probably not. Mm. Is he always going to be better than Connors? What Connors was? No, but like, there's a reason he left. Even though I think he um, probably regrets it. Well, I just like wonder. Like, say, like Cooney, for instance. Yeah. I wonder is does he only look as good as he does because he's in a team that isn't the best? If you know what I mean. Um, no, because Dupont looks really good, and he's part of a. Are you better team claiming that Dupont and Cooney? What I'm saying is, would Cooney be shining as much as he is at Ulster if he had remained in Leinster, but he was given the same time? It's it's like no, if you compare Cooney, a diamond to a diamond, it looks less impressive. But if you compare a diamond to a long, I, I, I think Cooney's better than <laughs> our scrum halves. Um, yeah, and I think he would look good in Leinster. But the problem is, not the problem, but we came into a situation. A team that was on their knees, um, who just lost one of the most popular players ever in Rune Pinar. Mm. He came in with no expectations, and they had a new coach coming as well, and they turned things around. And he was winning games like Rune Pinar used to do, 80th minute conversion kicks, or run. And I remember him, like running in the blind side and scoring a try, and nothing. Like he was literally carrying them through games himself. And that's always going to, um, first of all, endear yourself to the fans, but always going to make you look better than. Like a cog in the machine, mm. um, but I, I do I do think there's some elements in this game why he might not be picked because he got you've, he's poor defensively, you know. Um, do you think? At least he was last match. Um, for the Henshaw try, any specific examples. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just yeah. wondering if you can remember. It was just Henshaw try. He just slips off the tackle completely. Okay. And Fadez, I think, has to come in and make the tackle, mm. but he doesn't have enough um, to stop Henshaw. And the previous. Couple of phases for that, he's also soft in the tackle. Mm. I wonder if that's why he's not getting in because Luke McGrath is probably the best defensive scrum half in Ireland. Yeah, and that was the reason he was named as why he got brought to the World Cup. I think. Um, he was brought to the World Cup, wasn't he? 
It would have been Murray and... Because it wasn't Cooney. It was only two scrum halves, I think. Yeah. So it would have been Murray McGrath. Murray McGrath. Marmion didn't get brought, so it was either yeah. Blade or McGrath. It was, it was Blade. Blade. Blade hasn't played for us, for Ireland yet. So. Okay, so McGrath. Yeah. Um, and McGrath does have the best tackle percentage and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so maybe the, the Irish management just really value a certain level of defence in their scrum halves. And if Cooney is stepping off tackles in a Pro 14 game, even if it is a derby, mm. like what's a... Um, What's in England going to do to you or whatever? Mm. Even though I still think he hasn't been given a chance uh, fairly. Do you think um, we'll ever see him at Leinster again? No. Nah. Um, Kosia was... He seems like he's already out the door, to be honest. You thought he was phoning in? I thought he had a good match. Oh, no, he had some big carries, but then second half, he's completely disappeared. He, I, I just don't think he's really... He had 14 carries, but apparently he only made 9 metres. So that's that's poor by his standards, I would say. Yeah, he's off from a length. From a length, he's very good. Yeah, no, that's like the stats don't really lie in that respect. I I Mm. felt he had a bigger impact than that, but Mm. geez, that is uh, not great. Maybe we just marshal them quite well. I I don't really know. But uh, if I was us right now, like what did they stuck with him for five years or something? Two Mm. of which were absolutely hampered by injury. He played three games in the first two years, I think. And they stuck with him and got him rehabbed and all that. And I don't know, it just seems like a bit of a betrayal. I mean, I get why he's doing it, mm. and I don't begrudge him it, but if I was Ulster now, I'd be bleeding that blood from the stones. Well, I'd they, be flogging him more than usual. Um, they hadn't compensated for it, so at least they can either keep their squad or bring in someone else, but they'll need oh, a big okay. ball carrier in the back yeah, row. that's not so bad. The, the, um, I'm just looking across, just really quickly rounded up, um, Senior notes, Neil. Uh, James Tracy gets singled out for his performance. Um, it's really poor. Sean Cronin, um, just super quick. Uh, that was his first game back in a long time, I think, or maybe it was his second game. Yeah. yeah. And I thought he yeah. played pretty well. Um, yep. One bad lineout miss, mm. followed up by a big. Uh, the next lineout, we ended up scoring from him a couple of phases after. So, mm. um, but yeah, I thought he was, he was pretty good. So something to offer. Mm. Um, Tracy, on the other hand, just real poor line I, It's a concern that no hooker is. Uh... Yeah, and that they're not getting better at. Yeah, that's that's. This I, I've said it before on here, but it annoys the life out of me. It's a skill that you can get better at. Like, yeah, it's a mental thing as well, though. I yep. suppose, but I feel like if I went out, okay, it's, I'm not like he's the professional fucking athlete. <laughs> they should yeah, be able to get that last two percent of efficiency or whatever the fuck they need to. To get the mental fortitude that they know that I've done this billions of times, I can go out there and I know there's another team involved who could fuck things up, but the level of inconsistency we're seeing is kind of like, why is this not getting better? Because mm. it's something you can look at and say, this is an area that needs work. It's not some nebulous thing where you say, oh, well, the wind wasn't blown right or whatever. Fuck that shit. You can literally look at that system and say, this is operating at sub-levels of efficiency. We can allocate 15% more of this player's training time to this one skill, and that should be enough to boost up the stats by whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. It's maddening, I think. Uh, but, I mean, it's not going to change until it 
loses us a fucking final or some shit. I would suspect that that that, that would be the worry. Um, that we can kind of get. There's a bit. There's a the margin for error in a Pro 14 game is pretty wide. But mm. if if we find ourselves in semi-final final territory against some of these better teams, where like you have to absolutely, absolutely have to nail your lineouts. Um, no, on another side, that, that was one of the reasons we um, dropped Kelleher for the Saracens match. Yeah. And it cost us in other areas, so... Yep. Um, but it, 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 I think you kind of hit it earlier when you were saying there, now, out of the three hookers we have, Tracy, Kelleher, and Cronin, that they, they, they've all got um, drawbacks, and it's hard to figure out who's... For me, it's... I for me, well, like okay, we'll pivot. Actually, use this to pivot to the monster match. We see Cronin gets the start. Ooh. Um, is that because of bad blood? I don't he know. Is monster, isn't he? I, no, I, you, he hasn't made a monster about fifteen years. Yeah, you could blood now. You can't take it out of him. You you could make an argument that he's now the first choice hooker again. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that there's no there's no first choice. Here. Yeah, it's not that it's up in the air. Yeah, I think might have had COVID or something because we haven't seen him in a few weeks. Oh yes, I didn't even think of that because there was positive tests and there was a couple of them, so it might be in the Kelleher brothers because we haven't seen either of those. True, that's pure speculation. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, is there any any standouts in the team that you're looking at, like? um... Jimmy O'Brien's in the wing. Will Connors comes back in at seven. Yeah, I was thinking in my head, who do I pick in the pack? And this is pretty close to what I would have picked. Um, so Leo Cullen and Lancaster are on the same mm. wavelength as me. It's good to see. I would have picked Kelleher. I predicted this exactly in my head. <laughs> I'm an elite rugby <laughs> intellect. No. I was thinking you wanted Fardy for the niggle, yeah, the aggression, and you wanted Connors to chop down Coombs and Stander. Mm. And anyone else coming our way, um, Darius and Verdick obviously kind of picked themselves. Um, yeah, I like the team. It's pretty good. It's good to see Jimmy O'Brien giving a shot over, say, Dave Carney. Even though we're saying Dave Carney's playing real well, but so is Jimmy mm. O'Brien. And this is a big opportunity for him to show what he can do. Where's um, Furlong? Is he not back yet? No, he's. See another two more weeks, kind of guy. I think I think they're a bit better now. But we'll see when it, when it happens. Um, Ringer was back. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, it's his, after his second jaw injury in the space of a few weeks. He's going to be te- protecting his jaw something fierce, I would imagine. I think I was reading that uh, his mom was feeding him blended chicken or whatever. Yeah. Grounded up chicken. Sounds pretty awful and uh, not like a great time. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. The guy's a professional athlete. <laughs> Eating ground up chickens, probably like. Well, like I mean, you're drinking it. You're drinking it through a straw. <laughs> yeah. Throw a bit of ice cream in that, and I don't know. Make it taste good. Make it like how, a shake. How about this for a fun fact? Um, Go on. Our 15, 14, 12, and eleven have all played fullback. That is fun. It is just fun. like New Zealand team of uh, yeah. 2011, which they're all centres. Yep, I just noticed it, and I was like, oh, that's a lot of fullbacks. Gary Ringrose played a wing. Yep. So maybe there is something to this backline diversity scheme of Ross Byrne being played at 13, 
He wants everyone to be able to play everywhere in the back line. Yeah, but out of them, how many are actually potentially fullbacks? Like Kiwa Keenan is. Mm. Uh, Jimmy O'Brien might be. Yeah. Mm. No, it sounds, it's, it's actually not a bad thing to try and have everyone have experience in every position. You know, we've okay, so we, we often moan about the Pro 14 being non competitive on here. So there's such a like massive bulk of games in a season where you might say these aren't competitive. Well, I know it sounds disrespectful to say, but let's just play devil's advocate here. These aren't competitive. So why not use them to like blood people in weird positions or just have everyone be comfortable in a position that may be in their own? We kind of, do. We kind of shift them around a bit. Like, yeah. Jimmy Ryan came into the team mainly as an outside center. Mm. Um, it's like Connor O'Brien a couple of years ago at this stage. And that was like our Pro 14 that and O'Loughlin were like our Pro 14 centers. Um, like you have a mid-season match against Ospreys. You, you could throw Robbie Henshaw in a fullback as opposed to waiting for a game against England. Yeah, but the thing is, we have more back three players than we do centers, so it ends up the other way around. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right there. Or alternatively, we never put Robbie Hunchenshaw at fullback <laughs> ever again. <laughs> no, I think it could work, but he needs to lose a bit of weight probably for us and just play him there for a season or so. But like, why would you do it now? Yeah, well, he's a magnificent center. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's it's bonkers. But uh, you got a no, case I'm of PTSD. To... Yeah, oh, it's, all, it's always fullback jersey, Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm curious to see how Brian gets on. It, that's, it's the only kind of out of position call. Hmm. But uh, much, much like Rossburn at 13, like the back line will chop and change and he can come in and, and uh, kind of take it a second receiver and stuff. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's getting our getting best, best non injured backs fit, is the word I'm looking for. Uh, best fit backs on the pitch at once. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, uh, and the subs bench is pretty, uh, the 6 2 split again. It's obviously something we're looking at. Yeah. Um, just thinking with that 6-2 split and also with all the fullbacks in the team, uh, I'm trying to think why would you do that? And then I remember the fallout from the last Monster match was that they, Leo Cullen made the remarks about how they just wanted to come out and box kick all day. Yeah. So I wonder, are they kind of basically laying out the plan that if you go on a box kick, we're just going to field everything? And Yeah. Well, when we played that Monster game, Last with 60 splits, uh, we ended up losing like three backs injury. Mm. Uh, so we had like uh, Deegan, I think of all, covering the back, the wing or something. Did, did Leo actually say that? He did in the, in the post match interview. A little bit disrespectful. I wouldn't have thought he'd. Van Grand, came, Van Grand came out this week and was like um, something along the lines of uh, it was good to see Lancer using Monster's tactics against Ulster or something. Kicking a lot or whatever. That yeah, makes this like, all the tastier because then there's mind games involved as well with regard to the, the whole box kicking meta. I would have loved it if Leo Cullen just came out and says, We hate Monster. I hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and just lashed into them and just really took took it to a new level. Yeah. Uh, or Felipe did it. Felipe actually be better at doing it. Because he's leaving as well. <laughs> but it is an interesting thing to call out, say. Let's say you're confident enough against a certain tactic. Surely you wouldn't call out the use of that tactic then because you back yourself against it. We double my game. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. But like, you stand to lose by calling them out then because they might not do it as much. 
but if mm. you're confident against it, then why say it? You know what I mean? It's well, an interesting is, one. Like it's um, like it's people calling out a porter scrummaging. Mm. Um, but saying that, that was le- illegal by the letter of the law. <laughs> yeah. What he was doing. So yeah, by calling it by, out, I remember sometimes someone saying a couple of times about scrummaging. Uh, maybe not necessarily a player, but the team scrummages or prop scrummages. I remember one time years ago now about jumping across the line out. Um, he says, "I'll oh, be on the ref to have a look at that," or something along those lines, but just to bring attention to it. And when people are talking about that, they're not talking about your team getting hammered for the tenth time in ten games, wherever it is. Um, mm. But I'm happy, pretty happy about team. I I think is this our strongest team? Um, Dave Carney, you imagine, might be in there somewhere. I feel like. Mm. Uh, Baird on the bench instead of Maloney would be a stronger choice for me. Uh, Baird hasn't proved himself, I think, to be deafness. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Neil. Would you write <laughs> Maloney ahead of Baird? I know there's an element of experience and provenness here, but in terms of like what you've well, seen... Baird's played in that A game and it's an miserable A game. Okay, okay, that's, yeah, that's a good... I've, bad, I've, just, I've never good. seen Baird not perform. And I have seen Maloney not perform, so maybe that's just on the basis of yeah. having seen one more than the other. But yeah, okay, I'll take your point. Mm. Now I would have Baird ahead of him, but like Fuck that could you. be a thing. Say like, um, if you want to get into, the, you want to get into this team, you have to perform at the lower level first. Yeah, mm. which is fair enough assessment. I mean, I didn't see that A game, but if he if he did actually perform badly, then then you should reward Maloney mm. for. Having not performed badly, although if I recall correctly, he threw an intercept pass recently. He did game. against the Connacht. Yeah, yeah. but um, everyone does. Also Clarkson um, ahead of Bent. I'm not sure if that's injury wise or just get him some time. Mm. But I'd be worried if uh, Porter went down early. Yeah, well, who was Monster front row? Is is that a Kill Coins back on the bench? But their front row are uh, Marshall, the Hooker, Cronin. A loose head and John Ryan, a tight head. Early experienced bunch there. Yeah. Um, no Kevin O'Byrne for them, who I thought yep. was probably their best hooker every time I've seen this season. Yep, very unlucky to miss out. And I wonder if they're doing a more conservative approach to this game because I think he's the best ball handling hooker they have. I'm not sure if he has like weaknesses in other areas. I haven't seen it. But... Um, Could be true. Hanahan starts over Healy. That would be another. Mm. But Hanrahan's proven himself now. He, he scored a kick at some point within the last few weeks. That was somewhat important. Well, he was, he was, he did played really well in the Claremont game. Um, he did yeah, kick well, out. He missed his touch a few times there, in fairness. Yeah, but he yeah, did okay. play well. Yeah, he, he, you could argue that the, obviously the pressure came on at some point, but he nailed all his kicks when they were like well behind and the yeah. game was almost over. Um, but yeah, there's, We'll switch to Munster just really quickly. Uh, yeah, JJ gets the start over Ben. Connor Murray's still in ahead of Craig Casey. Um, yeah, that, to be honest, looking at that team, it's it's probably their strongest team. I'm trying to think if Carberry was fit, maybe he makes he probably makes it in. Yeah. Um, maybe Andrew Conway, Andrew Andrew Conway Snyman actually. Yeah, they're actually pretty big loss, pretty big differences. But it's the strongest um, they've had this season, I'd say. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Mm. Um, I I just I don't like CJ at eight with Coombs at six. For me, mm. I'd have CJ at six and Coombs at eight. Yeah, but uh, for most of the time, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, 
who do you think is going to come out in the battle of the back rows? Because see, people people are building this up as in, oh, this is playing for your space in our team, but I don't think that that's the case. I I think it could be though, because I, I think like Sissy Reese plays man the match. True. Yeah. true, true. <laughs> what, happens, what happens then? Like, does, does, does he does he start then for Ireland? I don't think so. It's you're so spot on in saying <laughs> that because Reese Ruddock could literally go out there. I think and Elson, one man two thousand nine performance, and he still wouldn't be picked for Ireland. So yeah, you're you're pretty spot on there. Now, maybe there, there's something for maybe like the bench spot. Mm. Yeah, like you say, do I go uh, Ty Byrne back row cover? Maybe do I go Ruddock back row? But like I I just don't see it. Like I I think. Maybe someone like Hugh O'Keenan could benefit, or do it Could they mean like say Coombs versus Doris, where these two new players, newish, one's slightly more established than the mm. other, but you could say, okay, I could see Coombs supplanting Doris at some point within the next like twelve months, potentially. <laughs> Maybe if, if like, one it, it should, it should, should be good. like uh, like this. This should be technically be like um, okay. These are the six players. Six or seven players that'll be in the Irish back row contention. Mm-hmm. Whoever win, whoever plays the best, we build a team that that's our back row. But it won't be. It'll be Doris, um, Stander, and Peter Manny most likely. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Van der Fleer, Will Connors on the bench. Maybe Ruddock. Maybe I, I think it'll be Van der Fleer on the bench then. Mm. And I. Maybe like Hooker this. is um, open, but they're not going to bring Cronin back in. So it's going to be Herring starting a Hooker and maybe Kelleher on the bench or something. Mm. Has JJ Hanrahan proven his worth? Is it, are we now entering the JJ Hanrahan era of Munster rugby? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> they're sticking with him. They, they've, they've played out their style He now. hasn't played that well since they um, got roughed up by Harlequins. Like, he missed a couple of games, obviously, but he yeah. played poor enough in that Ulster game. Um, I think Healy benefited from um, not being Hanrahan. Well, not being Hanrahan, but also, uh, yeah, obviously in comparison to Hanrahan, he looks way better. And because he had those two game-winning kicks, it kind of, I would, it just kind of gave everyone a very positive slant on him. Yes. Um, and but he is, I think, I think the huge point is he's still very, very inexperienced. So hmm. I think what we saw here is a classic case of getting too big for his own boots. <laughs> <laughs> Glasgow doesn't even want him anymore. He's all hot. This man's career is over. He's been supplanted by JJ Hanrahan. I think uh, is Ian Keatley going to Glasgow now? Is he is. That... He's going with two for. I think it's from from immediate effect. Um, Jeez. Which as, as, pro as fourteen like, legend. He's going to have played for more teams than loss. Yep. Yeah. Glasgow. Most Glasgow fans are happy enough. They well are. They're kind of unhappy that that they're losing that, Hastings. Yeah, and that their their level is now. Keatley. We're signing a Pro 14 journey. Well, Keatley is more just a backup, isn't it? Well, they have a very young guy, but I, as well, I think. But I think it's Keatley is there to to basically manage them through the Pro 14 as best he can. Well, is there any talk, Rob, uh, between say, like, were they aware that they might have Healy was in the mix, sort of thing? I think I think there were genuine attempts to yeah. potentially lure him away because uh, he was Scottish Scottish qualified. So, mm. but I, I wonder what's the reaction of okay, you're not getting this guy, but you're getting this other guy. I think <laughs> probably an element of realism that the Scottish teams don't have much money. Yep. And they have a weird thing where they're announcing this is the longest contract signed yeah. in Edinburgh or Glasgow history. I forget which team, but don't mm. give the 
the actual de- the n- yeah. number of years or whatever. And is I, that I, in I, relation to Healy? No, no, no. It's like Hamish Watson and stuff, the, and Jamie Ritchie. They announced the contracts, but didn't tell you how long they were. <laughs> so it it's seem kind a of, bit suspicious. It's kind of this mystery then of two years, like uh, is it two or three years or what? Or I yeah, don't, yeah. I, I, I don't quite understand it. But... It's probably a psychological trick because people are probably salty about people leaving. So by coming out and saying this. <laughs> It's like a... I don't know when to come in for the contract negotiations. <laughs> well, I mean, they're kind of like saying there is a future. You know, I can mm. see I can see the most uh, dramatic of fans saying, oh, this is Scottish rugby gutted now for the next few years mm. kind of thing. Whereas if they come out with this double speak of longest contracts ever, you know, you might drag back a few of the doomsayers to... A sort of a centrist position of realism where they'd say, oh, well, maybe maybe there is actually a little bit of light in the tunnel. All right. Um, we're almost done, I'd say, but uh, let's do a final roundup of just what are you looking for tomorrow? What, what do you think will happen? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it's going to be cold as possible, going to be sleety or snowy. Yeah, snow. so that'll that'll um, change how the game is played, obviously. Mm. I would like to see a. Well, I think we're going to come out with a strong defense. That's. Um, I hope we have a strong set piece. I think if we do have those two things, we'll, we'll probably win. Uh, the Munster Lens game is always hard to, to call, I feel, because your hearts and head are going one way, you're trying to hedge it a bit. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, assuming not like a yellow or a red early on, I imagine Leinster will win. Maybe not by too much in the end, but I think we'll be comfortable enough for most of that second half. The mm. referee is not Frank Murphy, thank God, but um, <laughs> Brace this time. Brace is not much better. He's a frustrating yeah. ref. Um, I find I find the refs these days very interesting because without the crowd, mm. it's it's way more like on them. Like it's always on them anyway, but it's it's the it's totally up to how they see things. Do you um, know what I would love to see? That I'm just after thinking of Rob when you brought that up. Yeah, is sort of like an anonymous refing team thing <laughs> where they all wear like morph suits. No, I'm, I'm actually serious about this. It know, might yeah. seem ridiculous, but no, seriously. Like, so Neil, what did you say at the start there, Jack? Who was the ref you said? Thank God wasn't refing. Frank Murphy. Frank Murphy. Okay, so you see Frank Murphy's going to be refing that match, and you go in with a negative predisposition, as might some team, some of the players on the team. But if it's a anonymous ref in a in a mask or some shit i don't know they can work out the details then you know you're not biased you don't get this salt from the fans <laughs> it reduces this you can't deny it would reduce a lot of the salt from the fans you can't blame a faceless entity you can't blame a faceless entity program a bot now you're talking yeah. guys. It's and in fairness, I've seen some refs which looks like a random number generator when they give decisions. Mm. But okay, so some refs you can't doubt that they're probably going to be influenced by the pressure of the situation. Whereas if there was an element of anonymity, I would suggest that they would probably be less. What was the one recently? It was the England France game. Yeah, that, that where it went to extra time and whatever his face missed a knock on. That was and, brace, uh, brace, yeah, yeah. brace, and there was a massive outpouring of salt, which I think was justified. But I feel like if he was anonymous, an ref. An, 
yeah, <laughs> there wouldn't be the salt. There wouldn't be the fear of making the wrong decision. It kind of frees them up a bit, I think. Which we'd have to know. we'd have to change their voice somehow, though. Then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, this whole voice changer thing. So it sounds like it's a robot reffing. Anyway, so it's brace tomorrow. True, yeah. You'd know well, there us like 10 minutes to go who the ref is, so it's like, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Like, <laughs> who done it? It's, it's basically a who done it rugby version. <laughs> a, a ref will send like Johnny Sexton off and like pull off his mask to review with Wayne Barnes. And he'll be like, yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> Fuck you, Barnes. <laughs> Uh, so, right. so, so Neil wants to see good defense. Dave wants to see <laughs> anonymous refs. <laughs> well, in terms of the match, oh yeah, I'd like to see pe- like lesser names staking, sort of putting their hat in their name in the hat in the art. Hat in the name in the hat <laughs> in the big <laughs> hat. <laughs> Expressions are not my strong suit. Um, like the likes of Gavin Coombs, who are kind of new on the scene, but clearly are talented. You know, you want to see them putting. Putting their footprint on on things and uh, putting their hand up, I think, for inclusion in the Irish setup because I do and think the back row with Omani, CJ, and then another is not long for this world. I think we need to start getting a bit of fresh blood in there. And if Coombs get... doesn't have a great game, I'll slowly start to build the Coombs is overrated wagon. <laughs> well, I mean, considering he's in contests with Lancer spots. Yeah, yeah. We can't judge him too harshly. But, um, um, sorry, that's that's something I, I forgot to say. It'll be interesting to see where Lenser are after their yeah. European games, because they're pretty easy, mm. to be honest. Um, and I where Munter are after that Claremont game, because it was a great result, but considering Claremont have lost three in a row at home, True. Like maybe was it was it that good in the end? It'll yeah. be interesting to see. And I also think the Connacht match would have put the Frighteners up us, and perhaps... Mm. Right, perhaps they, him, like, they nearly lost to Connacht as well. Yeah. Despite dominating that game. But uh, if we hadn't lost to Connacht, you know, this could have been a harder of a match sort of thing. You know, we yeah. took our loss then, so we know we're not imperious. We know what to work on or whatever. But um, yeah, I'd be worried as well. I, I see Witcherly isn't included on the starting bench, so there'd be no rattling of sex then, <laughs> as ever happened before. But uh, yeah, I think... If I was Munster, I'd be going after him big time, just trying to get the nigga going, trying to make him lose his head. I think that's that's definitely one way to uh, get into to take our level down. I would say go after Sexton, but uh, easier said than done. Yeah, I hope he um, maintains his cool. Anyway, I can't really call it to be honest. I could see it going either way. Yeah, mm. I, I'd say I'd say five points max either way. I'm expecting a close, especially if the weather's bad. I, I expect it to be close enough. But uh, yeah, Lens are three point favorites according. Hmm. Okay, not massive. Three points is about is about right, I'd say. What what, what were we favorites in the Connacht match though? Like I'd say probably, eighteen or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. So uh, yeah, probably being a bit more conservative here with that in mind. Um, what what are you looking for, James? Um, ending in particular. Uh, I'd like the. See, we're kind of talking about the Ulster game. The first half performance wasn't great, and it took us a while to get up to speed. I'd like to see the accuracy good from the start, and like the ability to turn pressure at the points if we do, if we do get on top. Um, mm. I, I, I think we'll win it. Um, I think it'll be tight. I'd say the three points is probably about right. Um, 
But I think the packs are equal enough. I think our back line is, is better and I'm hoping that's where where the difference where the difference is. But um yeah, it should be a cracker. I just hope we don't get a crap game. Which yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. With two weeks out. It, it, it could be it could be a terrible game rugby. I just uh I just hope we're entertained. Hmm. Well, look, look at look at like this. I mean, let's say three minutes in, Gary Ringo's jaw just falls off. <laughs> Ross Byrne so that would be entertaining. Steps <laughs> <laughs> into the thirteenth shirt. Ross Byrne. We're gonna be like, okay, this could work. You know, it, the the groundwork has been laid here for Gary Ringo's jaw to not be a factor because Ross Byrne super sub. Okay, Ross, we're gonna have to take your jaw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Show something shocking, and it'll fall off. Yeah. <laughs> Like those cartoon things where the eyes pop out. Of the head. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, from my what? point of view, just really quickly, uh, I just want to see spice. I really want. <laughs> <laughs> I want. Both, yeah, I want both teams to just like lash into each other. Because like, I'm looking at guys like Johnny Sexton, Peter O'Mahony. They they don't have that many Leinster Munster games. Yeah. Left. So I'd be like, go out there and like, you know. Savor it, but yeah, in a spiteful way. Yeah, exactly. And start a few fights, and you know. Well, I mean, that. you mentioned Johnny and uh, Peter. Like they, they live for this shit. So yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. When you look at it like that, there's possibly only one, two, three more left. You know, make it fucking work, lads. Yeah, it is important in terms of league spaces. Absolutely. Like, I think, think Munster are pretty much not guaranteed to top, but in a very good position. But they lose this and they'll get anything out of this. It's then much more precarious. Mm. Especially uh, if it's the... Oh, I don't even know what way it is now, but if it's only the two top teams sort of thing. Uh, that's what it is currently, but that looks like it might change if the yeah, Rainbow Cup yeah. probably won't go ahead. Mm. Yep. Um, All right. Could we just quickly mention Liam Williams? <laughs> what, oh, what did, uh, are we playing touch rugby? And Yeah. yeah. What was it he... He had put his own guy yeah, in a rug. He, he launched quite obviously. There was a guy already. I think he was prone on the ground. Not, he was not... just lying in a rook, Rob, wasn't he? Yeah, like yeah. with his head he... there, and Liam Williams just charged his head first into the rook with his head into the other guy's head. Yeah, and what was the comment then? Uh, then he was like something about are we playing touch rugby or something? And, <laughs> and then, and then what? What really annoyed me was then in the sighting hearing or whatever he was. He got like an, a week off for like showing remorse, showing remorse or something, and it's like he didn't show remorse. <laughs> well, yeah, he actively, he actively did the opposite. He did the after. <laughs> but I saw, I saw an interesting point on Reddit. Someone said, "Has any player ever not shown remorse?" Exciting yeah, hearing. Yeah. Would you go in and be like, "Yeah, I'm glad I did that." A couple of players have, and they've they, they like, been poorly advised. Was. I'd I do did. it again. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop me from doing it again. It's only a month long man, you bastards. I'll be back. But uh, I think Nathan Hughes tweeted out one time or something about tweeted out during the um Yeah, during the hearing. About it being a lot of bollocks. <laughs> but uh I, I uh Neil, you've often been a big proponent of the anti Liam's Liam Williams brigade and I, I think said he's most Saracens player ever to play. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I possibly disagreed with you at the time, but the more evidence that is on show, the the more that that appears to be true. I've hated it's it sad though when you see guys. With... Sorry, go on. 
do, do you remember Wales and Ireland? I don't know, probably five, six years ago at this stage. Paddy Jackson. Um, Paddy yeah. Jackson. Yeah, <laughs> under the post. I haven't given up. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it always with that. It's such a needless scumbag thing, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder, though. Uh, let's say, okay, let's say James Ryan for... started doing needless scumbag things. Would we? Would we? Would we sign more of that, please? See, it's not just the thuggery. <laughs> it's just the constant shite housery. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Using technical terms. Yeah. He's always just starting fights and saying something. Thanks the rules. And then there's just being a yeah. cunt. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's firmly in the, in the Goddard camp. Um, yeah. But, but uh, it's, he's it's frustrating. I like got dude in France. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> what was that about? Did he get punished for that? Five-week ban, I think. Oh, no way. I suppose yeah. he got... It's the kind of thing where... He did it in a, yeah. You have to not <laughs> have, have things like that to. happen. Yeah, yeah. It's he did it in jest, but you have to protect the ref. And but, like, but if the ref was anonymous, would it? You <laughs> <laughs> would turn into guru. The, ref the, <laughs> the new ref would form <laughs> the liquid terminator. Uh, That's like, the future uh, rugby. You laugh, but it's not like beyond the realms of doing. It is beyond the realms. It's of not, not the fucking goo, which is having an anonymous <laughs> official. What would a referee want to be an, an, an anonymous though? Because like I'm sure they get sponsorship and stuff. And like, imagine well, Nigel okay. Owens was anonymous his entire life. He wouldn't enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have the outliers like Nigel, where or maybe Whitehouse, <laughs> who I think like a lot of the attention. But I feel for the sake of the credibility of the decisions it would help the game a lot if you couldn't say oh there goes whoever again doing this thing again it might i was gonna say maybe you could have them wear different color masks then it would just be <laughs> all red masks anti-breakdown again so no it'd have to be i don't know yeah stupid but i like it though it's inventive inventive um okay we leave it there so yeah i think so okay For sake of our sanity Okay. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Enjoy the game, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.